I'm feeling it. I am feeling it. So the Saskatchewan Rough Riders who scored only four rouges all last season. Jack and Stan Peters are over the hump and back on top. 2018 Grey Cup champions. Yeah, man, I, I eat chalk for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Muy caliente. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Red, The White, and The Rouge. This is episode 15, previewing week 15. And we're back after a very brief absence. For, uh, we kind of took our own bye week um, because we're very busy, aren't we? Uh, <laughs> anyway. Um, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, as always, um, John Hewish at John Hewish on Twitter is with me. John, how are you? Pretty good, man. Pretty pretty sore from a workout this morning, but, you know, it's all about the grind. It's all about the grind. I told you, you should have stretched. Anyway, um, I'm obviously Rob at Rob McSports on Twitter, and today I did the intro. Switching it up. You know, kind of a, kind of a fresh take. I lost the privilege take. to do it. <laughs> after messing up the intro the first time yes uh i kind of took over well uh it's like um it's like jonathan Gen- jennings taking over Don- dominique davis's job but we'll get to all that later first of all this is a quick reminder that if you are listening to us on google google play itunes soundcloud stitcher subscribe or at the very least give us a review tell Going us if- to soundcloud blog submit your soundcloud podcast feed to other distribution I'm going to thank my Google Home for doing that for me. And anyway, uh, I think we are going to start off with uh, the review. Lonus, please play La Music. I told you. What did I tell you? Didn't I tell you? Because I told you. Mm-hmm. So week 14. Um, I know you literally did everything in your power to not go to the Lions game last week. Or yes. even watch it for that matter. You just pretended like they weren't playing basically the lions were dead to me until this week just <laughs> the, the fact that <laughs> the fact that you said they might still make the playoffs with the crossover just makes me cringe so hard if it happens i will you know people say the cfl is like a minor league or a second tier league if the lions do make it they are correct <laughs> that's the reality of the situation yeah no but last no friday last friday yeah they played friday night i actually sat down and watched that game from start to finish and i was not disappointed that was the most complete game of football i have seen bc play and i don't know how long that they weren't just like oh we're just like steamrolling the red blocks it was like no like the offensive line was actually doing their thing they're getting their blocks uh brandon rutley had over 100 yards they were protecting mike riley it was amazing to see that I didn't even think that they were capable of that. And yes, I know it's the Ottawa Red Blacks, but still, when they beat Toronto, that was still a fucking mess, and they won on a walk-off rouge. So that that's barely a win in my mind. But fuck, that was the most complete game they've played in at least a year. Oh, wow. easily. And all it took was Jonathan Jennings being the opposing quarterback. I think that's what's so amazing about it. Yeah, that helped. He threw two interceptions pretty quickly. But also... The Lions made it a half of football without giving up a sack. So took them till week 14, took us till like week 12 to get the audio right. So at least, you know, we're ahead of them. But 
I did. I, I don't want to jinx it. <laughs> uh yeah, no. Um, no real surprises here. Obviously, Brian Burnham was the main contributor for the Lions. Brandon Rutley looked good on the ground. We might see John White this back this week. I hope not, honestly. Rutley's looked good, and this is, you know, a train that we've been on since before the season. Yeah. That it should have been like a 50-50 split at the least. At the very least. But, um, yeah, no, I, I digress. That's enough about BC. They have to face them again this week, so they would be in a playoff position if they won. If BC wins on Saturday, they will be in a playoff spot. Yuck. Wow, uh, that's weird. Y- <laughs> yes, yuck. Hamilton-Calgary, that was a game that was uh, closer than I expected. I did have Calgary minus the points in that one. Dane Evans threw for 360 yards and a touchdown. The... Hamilton backfield was a fucking. Can we just shoot their whole backfield into the sun? I honestly like, think they, they should run into a single back <laughs> quarterback, uh, quarterback shotgun backfield. Like, why even line up a running back anymore? It or maybe run run like a uh, a right guard back beside the quarterback, <laughs> just so he can block. It's honestly every running back they have gets hurt. Anytime they have anything going, they get hurt. This has been a year where Hamilton has shown that they could be a Grey Cup favorite, potentially a Grey Cup champion early in the year, and everything has gone wrong. Yet, they are still winning games, despite Dane Evans' pure mediocrity. Well, it's it's the fact that, like, Jackson Bennett comes out and has a good week their last game and shows that, like, okay, this is kind of like, this guy looks like a running back, and quite frankly, he's built like one, too. Yes. And their solution to that is, no, let's give... Anthony Coombs, Braylon Addison, and Brandon Banks, three of like the skinniest and fastest players on our team, a chance to play running back this week. And the guy who ran for, whatever was it, over 60, almost 100 yards last game? That guy, he gets three carries. He gets three. Like, I, I, hate, I hate everything this team chooses to be. And they do choose to be this way. They do choose to be this way. Uh, it's funny because, in general, I really like the Hamilton coach, uh, Orlando. I Why am I forgetting? His last name is Tricky. I Stein won't Allen. pronounce it properly anyway. His first name is Orlando. Um, but, it's yeah, you're absolutely right. It's very strange. However, I will argue, I do like Braylon Edison as a running back. I think he plays quite well there, and I really do like the kind of inventiveness of having a wide receiver take uh, snaps at running back. However, Brandon Banks needs open field space to run the ball, and Anthony Coombs is... uh, He's definitely not a power power back, not someone you want to run between the tackles, so I think that Bennett is definitely the better better person to be starting for as an every-down back. I agree. honestly I agree with the take about about Addison being able should he should be he could be taking carries because honestly when he was taking carries I was like yeah that looks like a running back Banks the only situation where he should be getting a carry is if it's like an end around or something or that yeah reverse exactly situation. I yeah. 100% agree so, um yeah reverse but with he they tried to l- let him throw a pass too that was when he fumbled I don't know again if that's the worst idea if you're trying to w- run a wildcat with him back there um or like a flea flicker, uh, he can throw. But again, he shouldn't be getting. He shouldn't be running like a fucking half. Or f- yeah, halfback dive play or something. That's just such a bad idea. It is. Oh, okay. Um, and also, I'm so glad they like, lost. Memo 
memo to CFL coaches, like, it's like fetch. Stop trying to make the Wildcat happen in the CFL. Like, unless you have Strevler and are going to run it with him as basically a running back, which is really what Winnipeg's been doing for a few weeks now, stop trying to make the Wildcat happen. It's not that effective. I think it's fun. Uh, I do think it's more effective in the NFL, though. It is definitely more effective in the NFL. Yeah. So, Calgary, solid performance all around there. Obviously, their defense uh, gave up more yards than they're used to, but held the Tiger Cats to under 20 points um, and had an impressive interception. Eric Rogers, Reggie Bagleton carried the team with Bo Levi Mitchell, and Kadeem Carey was a solid contributor. So, that's enough about that game. Let's get on to the fact that uh, Cody Fajardo managed to take out Vernon Adams Jr. on Saturday. How did you feel about that? Um, we actually, uh, we kind of had a, a text back and forth about this, about who is the better young quarterback for Adams Jr. or Cody Fajardo. I also had the discussion with uh, me Padre, and uh, we kind of talked about it. Um Vernon Adams Jr. is really interesting because he is so athletic, and I think he is more naturally athletic than Cody Fajardo, but Cody Fajardo is just so much better at holding on to the ball, and he protects it so much better, that as of right now, I have to say Fajardo is probably better than Vernon Adams, but it is very close, and I think uh, Vernon Adams Jr. has definitely an elite CFL ceiling. While I think Fajardo has that as well, I think Vernon Adams just is more so the full package. Anyway, uh, it was a very close game. Fajardo played well. Vernon Adams Jr. played well. Two very good young stud quarterbacks and two people that the CFL should be really excited about. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I, I bet on Montreal to win this game, but like, I think it was because how, how much they were, uh, how big of underdogs they were. I think they were five and a half point dogs, and I just thought that was way too much. Um, that was spread to give them. So they were like over plus 200 to win. So I thought that there was a lot of value in that number, but um, no, you're, you're right. Uh, Fajardo is a little bit better, but Adams, um, man, they're both so young, but it's like, there's, there's still plenty of time to see where, where they'll go when they reach their primes, if you will. So yeah, let's move on to this week, week 15. First game of the week is Calgary. They are traveling to Toronto, and they are seven-point road favorites. Are we playing BLM? Are we playing McLeod Bethel-Thompson in uh, in a situation, again, where he will likely be throwing the ball a lot? So, normally, I would say uh, McLeod Bethel-Thompson is a good play here for the reasons you just uh, stipulated. He will be throwing basically all game. However, I don't think this Calgary defense is a defense that you want to throw against all game. I I really don't. Um, their, Their corners are very good, and their defensive line is good enough that they will get pressure on him, so... Personally, I'm I'm gonna pass on McLeod Bethel Thompson. Uh, I don't know. How do you feel? Uh, yeah, no, same same deal. Like they're just so. Even though they did give up 360 passing yards to Dane Evans, it's like he didn't get points from much else, and only threw for one touchdown, threw for an interception. They didn't let him run. So I like Bo Leva at 94. Again, Bo Levi Mitchell is a safe option. He's not going to get you 30 points, but it's like 
I want to play a lot of Calgary players this week, and that's going to show when I read out my lineup. So pairing him with uh, his receivers and even Kadeem Carey if Don Jackson remains out is um, is a good idea. And that actually brings us to the Don Jackson situation, which is, is he going to play? We don't know. He's questionable right now. Obviously, if he does play and is listed ahead of Kadeem Carey on the depth chart, then I would prefer Jackson. Obviously, we know Toronto's been the worst team against the run all season. So if Don Jackson does sit out, I'm all over Kadeem Carey at 6,700. As for the Toronto running backs, I'm not going to go back to the well on James Wilder, especially with a price bump at 78. And Chris Rainey just isn't getting enough offensive touches with Wilder on the field to be worth 5,700, in my opinion. Mm Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Okay. Uh, How do you feel about the receivers? Or with with Bethel Thompson, probably no one on the Toronto uh, receiving core interest you? I, I want to go back to Rodney Smith. And his price went up a little bit. He had seven targets. He caught a touchdown. And it's like, it's a price thing where I know that targets are going to be there. Um, But my favorite receiver in this game, if Reggie Bagleton sits, is obviously going to be Eric Rogers. That's a no-brainer. Bagleton missed practice Mm -hmm. today. We don't know if he's actually going to play or not. But if he sits, uh, it's a plug-and-play situation for Rogers. honestly. I also like Josh Huff, former Philadelphia Eagle. He had nine targets last week. He had six the week before that. So obviously Bo Levi Mitchell's trying to find him when he can. Got some kick return yards. So if he's getting those kind of looks, then at 4,200 against his Toronto secondary, I, I like that option. I like it quite a bit, actually. That's, uh, yeah, that's, uh, I was unaware of those stats. That actually makes me even more interested. 5,200 for the Calgary D. I mean, if you can afford it, I'm not going to tell anybody not to play the Calgary defense because they're getting close to 10 points 15 just about every week and uh, again even if this game does end up being closer than expected or whatever i still think they'll be able to put up you know possibly a defense special team touchdown definitely some interceptions against mcleod bethel thompson so keep an eye on them but obviously no interest in the argos d for either of us so nope not this week shuffle on into edmonton with uh trevor harris He's 9,100. That is, it's too cheap. He's questionable with, uh, with what was his injury? I, I can't recall it off the top of my head, but he did have an injury heading into this week, so he may not start again. Keep an eye on that. But if he does, 9,100 against Hamilton. Like, he's put up 14 points in the last two weeks, but those both those games were against Calgary, and we know he's shit against Calgary. But against Hamilton? Is this a, uh, is this honestly, could this be the lock of the week if he's healthy? Maybe for you, it would not be for me. However, if he is not playing, you need to put money on Hamilton. And the spread's only two and a half right now, so yeah, you could take the chance on that. You could take the chance on it. That's absolutely true. You could just take the chance on it, but I don't see Edmonton's on what a three-game losing streak, and then if Andrew Harris is out, ooh, I mean, no, no, is that the right Harris? No, mm-hmm. it is not. Trevor Harris, Jesus Christ. Um, if Trevor Harris is out, that's even worse for them. I think their backup quarterback, Kilgore, I I haven't seen him play much this year, and when I did, it was not, like, he, he definitely wasn't flashy. He's the, uh, the only player on DraftKings who's worth a player photo, though, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know why. Yeah, no, that, that's typical CFL, but... um. 
no interest. I'm not. I'm not gonna be. No, I don't want to talk about the Hamilton's running backs. I don't. I'm not gonna say anything no. about it. I'm not playing C.J. Gable, Christian Jones at 4100. Yeah, he'll get you like seven or eight points returning kicks, and he has the upside to return one for a touchdown. Pair him with Edmonton's D. I honestly don't mind their D at 4100. I guess that's just like a correlation play. Yeah, I but, I actually um, do like that play. That was. Yeah. Uh, what the kids would call a 200 IQ suggestion. Mm-hmm. Okay, so who do you like at receiver? Well, for Hamilton, I think the obvious choice is Addison and Banks. Um, both of them, yeah. basically, uh, you play Banks uh, if you can afford them. If you don't want to pay for them, play Addison. Both are very good. Um, I'm personally not going to be playing either this week, but uh, clearly Dane Evans is doing enough to get the ball into their hands, and the uh, Hamilton offensive coordinator is clearly making it uh, making it that even if Dane, Dane Evans can't get the ball into their hands, they're going to try to get the ball into their hands in other ways, whether it be through the run game, uh, all that kind of stuff. So either way, you will get value there. Mm-hmm. Uh, same same story for me. I mean, if you can fit Banks in at ten five, that's fine. Uh, Ninety five is a lot for Braylon Addison, but again, he's been. He's been worth it over the last month. Uh, Greg Ellingson, no. Eventually, that Daniels will end. at eighty-three. Yeah, no, that, that does have to end. So that's why, if I'm picking between Addison or Burnham, spoiler alert for me, it's Brian Burnham. That um, is, I'm in the same boat. Good, good. Devaris Daniels is eighty-three hundred. If Harris is playing and you want to pair him with him, I honestly don't hate that at eighty-three. Again, obviously his last two games have been bad because Harris's last two games have been bad. There's a correlation there, mm-hmm. um, but no, no other receivers honestly in this game that really really catch my eye we did just talk about Edmonton's defense being an option so that uh that about does it for this game is there anybody we we missed no I will say that if uh if Trevor Harris doesn't play maybe that makes Gable more interesting because they might try to run the ball a bit more but even even still Gable's kind of expensive to have uh to pay to pay up for Okie dokie, third game of the week is Winnipeg there at Montreal. Montreal are two and a half point dogs at home, and the total in this one is 47. Uh, Obviously, Andrew Harris is back. We'll get to that in a sec. Vernon Adams Jr., 10,600. Is that price tag worth it against this Winnipeg defense? It is not worth it against this Winnipeg defense. Against basically any other defense in the league, you could argue it. I I don't think it's worth it against this Winnipeg D. They've been so good at getting sacks. Uh, Jefferson has been so good on the end, uh, knocking down passes, getting sacks. I just feel like he will be well-contained this week. What about Straveler at 9,200? Now, this is a really interesting one. There's kind of two ways to look at this, and I'm kind of undecided, so I'm just going to give you the info I know and let the people listening decide. So, with Andrew Harris, Strebler will probably run the ball less, right? However, he may throw the ball more, and Andrew Harris is an excellent target to throw to. Uh, there's also the option for them to use option plays with Harris, who's a much scarier person to do an option with and someone that the defense is, is forced to key on more. Also to point out that I assume with all the steroids Harris is taking that he probably has Hulk-like anger right now <laughs> because he hasn't played in a few weeks. 
But uh, yeah, I think it's a really tricky situation. I think the price is right for Streveler if you do want to go with a low price QB. So I I don't think you could really go wrong. But if you are playing Streveler, I think you also have to play Harris. Man, this is tough. So, in the last two weeks, uh, with Andrew Harris out of the lineup, Johnny Augustine, his backup, has been targeted seven times. He caught one of those passes for like a 55-yard touchdown, which honestly just skews whatever tiny sample size data we may have. In Andrew Harris's last two games, he has been targeted twice for passes. And that is why we like Andrew Harris, because he catches a lot of passes from Matt Nichols. Am I still going to play him at 9,800? Yeah. Do I feel super comfortable no, with I, that? I just, again, it's a floor thing, right? You look at everybody you definitely else have in that to. price range. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, no I, I, I completely it. agree with that. Yeah, so um, he'll um, he'll likely be all right, but like, Chris Streveler, he's almost a shoe into rushing for a touchdown. Andrew Harris doesn't have a rushing touchdown this season yet, does he? Does oh, he? he must have at least one. But if if not, it's because of Chris Streveler. I mean, he's the, the other. If the rest of the season, other than that, he's been playing with with Nichols. So I'm going to quickly look that up. Will you talk about the uh, the wide receiver situation here? Oh. If there's anybody that catches your eye. So in terms of the Winnipeg receivers, I think it's a full pass. Uh, Lucky Whitehead is injured, and I, at the very least, is questionable for this game. I don't have the latest up-to-date info on that, um, so I will not be playing him. And he's basically the only one I'm interested in on the Winnipeg receiving core because Traveler does run the ball so much. He's not an amazing passer, so uh, the, the, the passing game would not be something I would really focus in on. However, on Montreal, there are some very good options. I think Posey, once again, is a great option. He's 7,100, and he had six targets last week. So that's uh, that's very solid. Um, uh, Quan Bray is also a really good option. Really, it's kind of a two-receiver system in Montreal. There's Quan Bray, there's Davier Posey. Those two are basically the same level of skill. I personally like Posey more because he is cheaper and uh, is getting the line share of the targets. Um, another player to actually keep in mind as well, though, is Standback. Now, I feel like a lot of people would be interested in Standback because uh, CJ Gable and all that kind of stuff. However, there's kind of two things pushing against Standback. One is Jeremiah... Well, really three things. One is he's 8,100, which isn't expensive, but also isn't ideal for the situation he's in because he's playing the Winnipeg defense, which is very good. It's he's, They've got an excellent D-line. On top of that... Standback and Jeremiah Johnson have been splitting carries. Vernon Adams Jr. is a quarterback that can run and uh, do short yardage. So for all those reasons, I probably pass on Standback, but it's not... Um, yeah, no, I pass on Standback. I don't even think it would be a smart play, maybe, as a low-key option. I, not someone I would play this week. I think there's better running backs available and very much cheaper running backs available. Of course, every time I say that about Standback, he has an amazing week, but we'll see. Do you have Andrew a Harris update on the Harris touchdowns? touchdowns? Three. three. He's rushed for three, but he's also caught three. So yeah. It's a split, but still, I, I don't know why I didn't. All my images of Andrew Harris are just catching touchdowns, catching passes. 
not doing a whole lot of running. Anyway, um, yeah, you basically touched on literally anybody I would have any interest whatsoever in in this game. So you are yeah, welcome. Not a whole lot to like. Yeah. <laughs> All right, time for the dumpster fire. That is the last game of this week, which is BC. They're at Ottawa. Total in this one's 47 and a half, and the Lions are three-point road favorites. Obviously, obviously, we're not going to play Jonathan Jennings, but Mike Riley, 9,600. What? Is this sh- <laughs> oh, man. I wanted to play him. No. Yeah. Let's, no, don't do that. If you're thinking Turn off the it, podcast stop. if you were thinking of playing him. Just stop. It, it's too late for you. We're we're 15 weeks in. You should know this by now. 9,600 for Riley. Like, okay, I'll phrase it like this. Why do we not go back to that? Uh, well, that's the thing. There's no reason not to. I know the lines have been inconsistent, but they have a new offensive line coach who seems to have uh, fit in some chemistry there with the offensive linemen. They're making less stupid mental mistakes. I think, personally, I think there's a lot to like there. I agree. Yep. No, 96 for sure. Um, that's honestly probably one of the best value plays on the board. Let's talk running backs. In the last two weeks, Moses Madu has been targeted for passes 24 times because Jonathan Jennings doesn't know how to pass the ball more than like 10 yards unless he's throwing it up. So I really like that price for Madu. Obviously, he's not a he's barely a producer on the ground, but with the way he's used in this offense with Jennings, I love him at 6300. I love that price tag. Love it. Once again, I was unaware of those target statistics. That makes him a lot more interesting to me as well. However, I already have my lineup uh, pushed in for the week, so I will... Uh, this is a smart play by John, way to do your research. Thank you. Uh, okay, so obviously we're not playing John White if he's coming back off an injury, even at 70... I mean, are we playing John no. White at 7,500 if he's back? And let me add, it would be a big mistake from Devon Claybrooks to have Brandon Rutley play the game he played last week and then go back to John White. That would be a big, big, big mistake. Yeah, but, I mean, this is a guy who gets up every day, puts his hat on halfway sideways, halfway forwards, and thinks, yeah, this this is the move. <laughs> I, I, I know. Honestly, I don't blame... I don't blame any of how this season has gone on Devon Claybrooks. He seems like a smart football guy. I actually blame it on the assistant coaches he brought in who have absolutely no experience or generally, or most of them don't. And as well on Ed Hervey for not making some very obvious re-signings that he needed to make. So I don't blame Devon for it. But if he does start white as the starting running back this week, I will be pretty disappointed because Rutley was so good last week. We've been pumping his tires all year. I don't think it makes any sense to put White in after an injury. Give him as much time as he could possibly ever want to recover because Rutley is hot right now. Yeah, at 71, if he's starting, I like that. This is a great yes. matchup against Ottawa. Um, yeah, no. Again, he should go over 100. Should be more effective in the passing game, too. Didn't catch all his targets last week, a few drops. So, um, yeah, let's talk wideouts in this game brad sinopoli is probably going to be back which kind of erases the majority of value in this ottawa receiving core 
Obviously, Brian Burnham is the best option on the board for the Lions. He has been so consistent the last few weeks, and he, he's literally just been the epitome of consistent for the last couple months. I like Burnham at 9,400. I'm, I'm going to make a at, U.S. Uh, political reference here. He's like what the Democrats are trying to push uh, Joe Biden as. And that old, consistent Joe, you know, he'll uh, he'll end all the problems the U.S. is having. This, this is Brian Burnham, old, consistent Brian... He's always there to make a catch. That's that is Brian Burnham. He's been so good, just consistent, solid. Um, if Brian Burnham was running for president, he might win. He might. He's a solid dude. Yeah. In the last three weeks, Dominique Rhymes has scored eighteen or more fantasy points. Now, um, last week on the last play of the game, he caught a pass that was worth. Eight points, I think. One pass was worth eight points. He didn't catch a touchdown. So without that, his line looks very, very different. Are, are we going back here even though it looks kind of unsustainable given how he's gotten these yards? Um, This has been the thing with Dominique Grimes all season. Early in the season, I had some success with him because of plays like that. Um, I think you could definitely go back to him, but as I like to say, you are gambling. Yeah, that's literally what this is. Yeah, th- that is that <laughs> exactly that is a gamble. You're it, it's not like Brian Burnham or someone else who is consistently putting up points but may have a low floor. It's like the exact opposite of taking Bo Levi Mitchell. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, another guy I'd like to mention in this game is uh, Tavares Denman, um, who has been outstanding on special teams all year he's a relatively high uh, high price for a predominantly special teams player but they are trying to get him involved in the offense and jesus christ does ottawa need some sparks on offense so i wouldn't be shocked to see him line up as a slot a few times maybe make a few catches maybe see him in the reverse game in the same way brandon banks should be used um i think he's reasonable and the line special teams coverage for the majority of the year has not been good so it wouldn't shock me if they uh, give up a touchdown or something here I mean, to counter that, like, he's not really on special teams anymore because they signed Stefan Logan, so I don't know. I'm not I'm not saying, yeah. It's, it just kind of takes away the value when he's not returning the kicks, you know. It's like that tiny man back there instead of him. He's so small. I don't know how Stefan Logan made a living playing football for so long at his size. That's impressive. And was one of the guys to make it to the NFL. It's entirely impressive. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah, so honestly, I mean, yeah, no, not really on that. But I am on BC's D at 4,300. That's super cheap against Jonathan Jennings. Don't expect him to put up 22 again. Honestly, would be surprised if they put up over 22 combined in the last five weeks of the season. But um, it's cheap, and there's not a ton of, like, there's no real no-brainer defense special teams option on the board this week. So... It's yeah. It's a bit. They've really improved since uh, Sean Lemons rejoined the team. Speaking of mistakes Ed Hervey made in the off season, not re-signing Sean Lemon was a big one. But since he's been back, he's been really pressuring quarterbacks, getting sacks, all that kind of stuff. And even if a D end isn't getting sacks, he is making it so quarterbacks make bad throws. Yep. Okay, that's uh, that's it for the game by game breakdown, guys. Let's hop into the last. 
three segments of the week to close out the show, starting with the Jewels versus the McPicks, followed up by the Price is Right and the Lock of the Week to send you off uh, into the weekend. So let's start this week with the McPicks. All right, guys. So the McTicks, oh my God. McPicks this week are Mike Riley, 9,600. I like him as long as he gets protection. I think it's uh, I think it's a good play. I have Andrew Harris at running back. Um, I have Devere Posey as my first wide receiver. I have Brian Burnham as my second wide receiver. For my flex, I have Denman. Um, but that could always change. There's a lot of good value guys around that price point. For my other flex, I have Javon Katoy, who had a fantastic week last week. I believe he had like 68 yards, something like four receptions, something around there. He had a good week and uh, is continuing to become more and more a part of the offense. And then for defense, I have the Lions D because uh, <laughs> uh, because Jonathan Jennings is the quarterback they are playing against. You could, yeah, you could have just said because Jonathan Jennings. That I should have, have said valid because Jonathan sent, Jennings. A full sentence. Yeah. Um, all right, time for the. All right, guys, for the jewels this week, could we got here? This is very tentative, as is the case most weeks, but this week more than most, because Bo Levi Mitchell's my quarterback. Don't like that. I want to fit Riley in. Couldn't do it before we started the show. Kadeem Carey's my running back. If he is listed as anything but running back one, that goes down the chute. Uh, Brian Burnham, my wide receiver one. Again, if Begleton's out, that makes Eric Rodgers a must-play. My wide receiver, too, is Josh Huff. I like that value at 42. Me, too. My two flexes is where it's 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 safer. Andrew Harris at 98. Moses Madu at 63. And then I got the Eskimos D at 4,100 because, frankly, that's all I could afford. So let's jump into the price is right. All right. Kadeem Carey, come on down if you're starting. <laughs> against the worst, against, against the worst run defense in the league, the way he's been being used in this offense, game script, all that plays into him being a very solid price, yeah, solid point per dollar play at his current price. So keep him in mind. Again, should get that Calgary depth chart Friday. I like that. I like these condensed slates, and we got all the games between Friday and Saturday, so we know who's playing before even the first game of the week starts. So we should know that for sure uh, before kickoff at 4. Well, obviously Friday, yeah, because they're playing Friday. But um, yeah. Who's your Price is Right guy this week? Uh, for me, it's uh, Devere Posey. I think for 7,100, a guy who's getting as many targets as him and has such an ability to kind of like break out and have a crazy game, I think that's a really good price. Um, if I was to do like a value play, Price is Right, I, I do think Katoy is the guy. Um, uh, yeah, Deron Carter has not been good this year, and Katoy is getting more car- targets than him, so I think that does make a difference. And at 4,300, even if he gets 10 points, that's really not bad. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, that is good. All right, let's wrap this thing up with the lock of the week all right guys lock of the week this week for me is the bombers and the owls to go over 47 seems like a low total 
the Bombers D has been good, but I, I think that number is just too low for the firepower that um, the Alouettes offense is bringing and the firepower that the Bombers offense brings to the table too. I really As like for that. for player, yeah, yeah, I do like that. Player lock, correlation play, Andrew Harris. He's back. He's going to be contributing. If, again, if Reggie Bagleton sits, honestly, my lock of the week becomes Eric Rogers. That's, you know, that's it. That's the tweet. But right now, it's Andrew Harris. So lock him in uh, unless we hear otherwise regarding Reginald Begleton. Or if we hear that Harris's testosterone levels have not recovered from his steroid use and perhaps he needs to uh, needs further time. Yes. Um, Still need to pump himself back up. <laughs> yes. All right. So, like a like a balloon. Um, mm-hmm. All right. So for me, my gambling lock of the week is the is the under in the BC versus Ottawa game. I don't think uh, the which is uh, forty seven and a half points is supposed to be the total. I think it'll be well under that. I don't see these teams scoring more than that unless the lines absolutely route them, which would be a miracle in itself and it's not that close to holiday season yet so i'm not seeing that kind of miracle happen and uh for my player the lock of the week it is mike riley because he's if ottawa's d-line is as bad as it showed last week he should get some solid protection and notice how tentatively i say that because that is a (laughs) that is a scary thing to say but you know i can only look at the i can only look at the previous week yeah, the keyword there is should get solid protection. Should. So. Yes. All right. That is it for the 15th episode of the Red, White, and the Rouge podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. As usual, you know where to reach Rob and myself. You can find our Twitters in the description of wherever you may be listening to this podcast. Feel free to reach out, ask us questions, whatever the case may be. Uh, I'll be tweeting out my bets, as has been the case just about every week on Twitter. So keep an eye out for those. And yeah, best of luck this uh, this Friday, Saturday to get you set for NFL Sunday. We will talk to you next Tuesday. Bye. Peace.